0: You are here to enter. Welcome to Pizza Planet. Welcome to Pizza Planet, a Pixar podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Gareth. And, and we're, we're your delivery, delivery guys. guys. Bringing you a square box of round hot cheesy Pixar goodness. Mm-hmm. We've got a bounty of slices in today's feast, so let's dig in.
1: Welcome to Pizza Planet. Can I take your order? Oh, you want to hear what's on the menu? Well, today's
0: special is on Lightyear. Ben, you got a synopsis for us? I sure do. Today we're talking about Lightyear, and we're going to start it off with a little synopsis. Um, according to Disney Wiki, the definitive origin story of Buzz Lightyear, the hero who inspired the toy. Lightyear follows the legendary Space Ranger after he is marooned on a hostile planet 4.2 million light years from Earth alongside his commander and their crew. As Buzz tries to find a way back through space and time, he is joined by a group of ambitious recruits and his charming robot companion cat, Socks. Complicating matters and threatening the mission is the arrival of Zerg, an imposing presence with an army of ruthless robots and a mysterious agenda.
1: Ooh, so uh, I got some stats for you, Ben, real quick on this movie. Uh, This movie was directed by Angus McLean, who um, his earliest directorial work was the short film Bernie. Uh, He also did Small Fry, the Toy Story short, and Toy Story of Terror, one of my favorite of the Toy Story offshoots. Oh, yeah. Um, And then he also co-directed Finding Dory, but this is his first time uh, being lead director on a feature film. Uh, this cast included Chris Evans, Uzo Aduba, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Kiki Palmer, Taika Waititi, Dale Souls, James Brolin, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Bill Hader was in the beginning uh, of this movie, and nice. Peter Stone, the uh, the guy we talked about in uh, last month's episode, uh, who played Socks um, in this movie, he was the director of The Good Dinosaur. Nice. Um, but yeah, this movie was released June 17th, 2022. And there's no box office stats yet because, well, it just came out like we're, we're, we're recording this the day after it came out. Oh yeah. Um, Fresh. And uh, so as far as critics rankings go, uh, this has got a 77% uh, rating with 216 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, which puts it at number... Twenty-one of twenty-six Pixar movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh wow! Which is kind of surprise. Well, we'll get onto that maybe yeah. later. But yeah, it's it's on the lower end of the the critical spectrum for for Pixar. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Well, let's let's get into our review, Ben. Dude, yes. So today is a movie review where we review the movie, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we actually got to see this one together. Yes, in person. After how long has it been now?
1: Uh so the last movie that Ben and I like Pixar movie that Ben and I saw in theaters together would have been uh Toy Story Four, which was in twenty nineteen. Wow. So, so three like years. Three ago. years, yeah. Dang. Yeah. But um I mean we got to see Soul together in person, I think. Was that
0: uh yeah. Soul um, and um Onward we watched together on Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, but I, I we had both already seen Onward before uh, that. yeah, so we cuz I saw theater, yeah. I saw Onward in theaters uh, opening weekend with my now wife. Oh, that's right. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, dude, it's it definitely feels good. It's nostalgic in a lot of ways to like because yeah, this is the first theatrical release of a Pixar film since Toy Story four. Yeah. So uh, well, no, 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 since Onward. On, you're right. Onward, On,
1: Onward had an, uh, had theatrical release. We just didn't see it together. That's right. We didn't see it. Um. So this is kind of a big deal. So um. Yeah. First. First big observation here. This movie starts uh, by declaring in 1995, a kid named Andy got a toy from his favorite movie for his birthday this is that movie and so uh this brings i feel like this brings some very important context to the movie oh yeah because i think one of the first complaints like from the opening shot well i don't know if it's in the opening shot but the first time we see buzz on screen he's in his space ranger gear and i feel like the complaint people are gonna have is that's not buzz oh but here's the thing you gotta think about and this is this is this is why that opening line is so important because yes this movie is animated, but to Andy who saw this movie, mm-hmm. it was live action. Oh. If you so if you think about it, the buzz we know from Toy Story is a plastic recreation of a actual like live action yeah, person. Right. To to Andy. Yeah. Uh, I really want to talk about how like they reverse engineered that design to get
0: yeah. this Character, um, yeah,
1: which is which is impressive.
0: Yeah, it is, and and you know, it. I was telling uh, my brother this too after the movie. We were t- chatting about it, and I was thinking like that initial title screen. in in one way looking back now was really helpful but it actually confused me because my expectation was that this was just like oh this is just a movie that that pixar's making up that has to do with the real buzz uh but but the title screen says like no this is the film like andy watched this film and that's because of this film that you're mm -hmm. about to see he wanted the toy buzz Lightyear, so it's kind of cool but but seeing that and not expecting it i was like oh whoa, like andy this was Andy's film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. and I, and I know that this is also controversial
1: for Pixar theorists because you know, this technically breaks the Pixar theory because if 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 all Pixar movies take place in one continuity and this is a Pixar movie, but it's also <laughs> yeah. a movie inside the 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 Pixar theory, then it's a it's a paradox, you know. Oh, it yeah. can't it can't simultaneously be fiction within the Pixar theory and be part of the
0: Pixar theory. Yeah,
1: we'll see what the Super Carlin Bros
0: have to say about that.
1: Yeah, well, they had released a video a few weeks ago about it, but that I didn't watch it. um But yeah, we'll see what they say
0: now that the movie's out. Interesante. Well, let's 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 keep diving in, man. So do we. Do we want to uh, kind of circle back? We mentioned the synopsis of the beginning, but we do want to talk a little bit about the story. Talk about yeah. the characters a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah. So the story kind of we already touched on this. Uh, Buzz is marooned on this planet. Um, basically, he feels like indebted to his people. There's like a crew when they when the movie starts. It mentions there's like 1,200 people on the planet uh, or on the on the, the ship. spaceship. Yeah. yeah. And so, he feels, like, indebted to these people. Like, that's a big number of people to be responsible for their being marooned, basically. Mm. Um, so, uh, he wants to get off the planet, uh, and he thinks that he's doing it for other people. Um, mm. And so, he's he's doing these test flights with the, the Crystallic Fusion, trying to... Achieve light speed so that they are
0: able to get off the
1: planet. Yeah, let's get back to earth. Yeah, yeah. so
0: the, the story quickly turns uh, once buzz is um, Like the, the program gets shut down for so buzz is not able to continue these test flights and quickly uh, we realize that the, the the whole team the whole uh, Town if you will this the, group the people, colony the colony has decided to just stay here like let's just live on this planet and um, We'll have a shield that'll protect us from these threats Um, Laser shield. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and uh, so then quickly the story becomes about um, uh, Buzz is trying to like, you know, form a ragtag team uh, to kind of like uh, go behind the scenes of all this to try to still still get the colony. As you said, he feels responsible to get them off this planet. And so we and that's where we really meet the this awesome ragtag team of some endearing characters So you want to talk about them?
1: Oh, yeah, so um, there is uh, Izzy Mo and Darby and then of course socks um, also there's a robot who is briefly in there in the mix. I forget the robot's name. I think it's like Derek or something Derek, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wa- and I want to say that's the director. I want to say that's Angus who plays uh, who plays Derek, but um but yeah, the the characters are so like fun and quirky and just kind of like they're I mean they're supposed to be literally ragtag in the sense that they have no qualifications they're they're just like faking their way through
0: yeah Every situation, (laughs) Take it till you make it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and uh, but I love it, and and we got to talk about socks. So my favorite characters in this movie were Mo and Socks because I'm I'm a sucker for Taika Waititi who plays Mo. Um, Just his his delivery of every line (laughs) with his with his New Zealand accent is just beautiful. Yeah, Uh, but then Socks played by Peter Stone is really the scene stealer in this know, movie is so funny oh my gosh he's he's the best part of every scene that he's in and yeah whenever whenever he has anything coming out of his mouth it's always like well of of course that's like the cutest thing you've ever heard i know um like my favorite scene with him is when uh, Izzy starts petting him and he's like purring and he like (laughs) rolls over on his back. So she's like petting his belly and Buzz hears the purring and he's like, you broke my cat. And she's like, no, he's just purring. (laughs) He's like, really socks. Do you like that? (laughs) And he's
0: like, yes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So many good one liners from socks. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I love Moe's character going back to Moe just because, uh, he's he wants so badly to be helpful and i feel like yeah. there there was a way they could have executed this character that would have been like very forgettable very like unrelatable but honestly there was a few like heartbreaking moments cuz you can tell like deep deep down like he he's not he's not just trying to uh be helpful for helpful sake it's like in his character that he's determined to be of use. And so they do this whole gag with a pen. Like he finds out that his suit is the only suit with like a pen in it. And he's like, do you need a pen? Do you need a pen? (laughs) Like the whole movie, he's just like, do you need a pen? (laughs) And so it just, it drives home this, this need um, to be needed. And like, that's, resonates i feel like with every person yeah um wants to be needed and uh but just yeah i feel like the way they did it could have come off as more jokey than character building but the way i read it and like definitely in the performance of the animators who animated mo you can definitely see that it is a character thing oh yeah um oh yeah for sure and props to the movie again talking about not being derivative props to the movie for never making a pen is mightier than the sword joke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Uh,
1: who who are some of your favorite characters?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, of course sock stands out, but, um, yeah, uh, definitely Mo. I, I, I'm just like, I'm rooting for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I definitely root for him and, uh, feel for him. And he's, he's, uh, you know, responsible for a lot of some bad things that happen in the movie. And, oh, yeah. and so every time I'm just like, Oh man, I feel so bad for this dude. And I, I can relate. you know, I, I can definitely relate to that where you just want to help, but you're making things worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, the, yeah. Um, so yeah, I like Mo, um, socks is great. Yeah. I, I really liked Izzy. I liked, I like her, uh, her arc and, um, and just that. And again, you know, Buzzard's relationship with, with her mother, um, and and just that that whole story uh, is is so good. and it's such a big part of, of Buzz's um, character, too. So
1: yeah, well, one thing I wanted to just talk about with the, um, the specifically the portrayal of of Buzz in this movie is another thing I think people might complain about is Chris Evans because we don't have Tim Allen in this movie. It's right. a different voice. Um, but I'm really impressed because I can see, how they came to the conclusion that Chris Evans was perfect casting for this because Tim Allen has this deep kind of like gravitas in his voice. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to like again I keep I'm going to keep using this word reverse engineer mm-hmm. um what what voice inspired could have potentially inspired the Tim Allen voice. Um Chris Evans' voice makes a lot of sense. He's got a deep voice. He had he delivers his dialogue with a lot of like just um and i could totally see how you know tim allen within within the pixar world uh tim allen could have been a voice actor doing an impression of chris evans voice from the movie so he's like doing a voice for the toy box like the the voice boxes in the
0: toys and stuff (laughs) yeah i and and just keep going on that point uh one of the things that I wrote down was um, I am fascinated by um, the way that they were able to take like certain traits from Buzz, mm-hmm. um, but then uh, but then totally make a unique character that is the Buzz Lightyear. Oh yeah, um, and yeah. he's and he's he's so original. Like you said, with Chris Evans' voice, like he has all these the same little quirks that that the Buzz the, the Toy Story the toy Buzz has. Oh yeah, but like so so and and that's why like when I when I was watching the movie I was like oh am I gonna am I just gonna hear Captain America you know because that's who Chris Evans plays but I was like no like I believe this is Buzz Mm -hmm. but it sounds different and he acts a little bit differently but he's got he's got similar um, quirks and we'll get to this later but he has even even some character flaws that Uh, are similar to the toy so just all around uh, yeah all around great job to Pixar So, yeah, and
1: and also they included numerous references to Buzz's behavior in Toy Story. Like, lines of dialogue and, um, like, gestures, facial expressions, all kinds of stuff that are calling back to the Buzz that we know. Um, And so, like, we hear all kinds of, like, lines of dialogue, like the... uh, line about no intelligent life anywhere yeah. um he's like constantly doing like missions lo- mission logs which yeah. is like a quirk he has in this movie but then you're like oh like that's where that came from like when when buzz in toy story is like always doing his mission log yeah it's just like <laughs> suddenly i feel like now i'm gonna watch toy story and appreciate that even more because yeah like that's it's it's a funny quirk in this movie but it 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 recontextualizes that in Toy Story. Um yeah, Planet Unstable. I actually yeah, Planet I, Unstable. I heard you laugh out loud when he said that. Oh the yeah, because is that when he jumps on the ground to like test the stability? <laughs> like he he does the exact same like jump that that uh Buzz does on Andy's bed in Toy Story <laughs> yeah. One. And then like um i'm trying to remember what other lines he says there was a bunch of lines like like why don't they answer (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) but i think i think my favorite my favorite line that was like a callback to to toy story was um there's a scene where something happens to buzz's ship and uh chris evans goes my ship and it sounds exactly like uh the way uh Tim, Tim Allen, Allen says yeah. it in Toy Story. It's like he was doing, like, a spot-on impression of Tim Allen in that moment.
0: Dude, hats off to Pixar, man. Like, seriously, the way that they were able to do all those tiebacks is, like, yeah. amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I love the uh, the overall design, like, back to the, the whole look. Um, I was kind of talking about how they reverse-engineered his look. And... One thing I recall from being a child is that I was always kind of off put by Buzz's design because he's so bulky and kind of like disproportionate. Oh. Um, like he's got this tiny little head and this really big barrel chest. And, um, th- but this movie managed to make that suit work around a human, like a natural human body shape. Yeah. And it simultaneously looks exactly like Buzz. But it's also cool looking. Yeah, totally. Which, which is a hard, like, you know, goal to, to pull off, I feel like, when you're working with, like, actual uh, anthropomorphic humans rather than, like, toys with slightly off proportions.
0: Yeah, for real. Amazing. And, and even just, like, the... I love the... Uh... The purple like hood oh yeah yeah the
1: is it called a snook is that what it is maybe i because they they talk about it in uh beyond infinity on on disney plus i watched that last night oh nice Um, the the kind of behind the scenes thing uh they yeah i i want to say it's a snook but i'm not
0: sure (laughs) (laughs) because i I always thought i was wondering like what that was like with buzz i thought it was like his like hair or something. I didn't know what it was. Oh yeah. And it's like this, but now it's a hood. Like, so it's kind of like cool the way they were able to make that part of the suit work.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, and the music in this movie was, uh, uh Pixar alumni, Michael Giacchino, oh, yeah. um, which makes so much sense because the observation i made during the movie while I was listening to uh the soundtrack i was kind of tuning in to see what kind of vibes i was getting and i was like oh this just makes me think of jj J. abrams star trek and then after the movie i was like oh well that makes sense because oh. michael giacchino did the music in in jj J. abrams star trek nice so uh
0: that totally checks out heck yeah well yeah well speaking of jj J. abrams uh, one one of his uh, I just love like the way that he uh, would film like uh, a lot of the flight scenes in Star Trek, like the fast pace and quick. And I was really impressed with um, some of these flight scenes that we see with Buzz. Oh, yeah. You know, it just it reminded me of like the way that they like when we first saw cars, you mm-hmm. know, and the way that, and they were racing the way they the way they were able to animate it is very visceral. And these some of these flight scenes were just so cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Cause, and we had talked about in our Monsters, Inc. episode um, the scene where Mike and Sully are on the door and they're falling and oh, how, like, the, the the way they do the motion blur and everything, it just makes it feel, like, very real, like, very live action, very, like, lived in. And, um, yeah, you're right. They did the same thing in Cars and then they do the same thing in this. Where it, you just can feel the motion.
0: Yeah, when like when he when Buzz uh, is like constantly going going faster and faster, trying to approach light speed. It's just like you can just yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's gripping. Um, yeah, and also speaking of Star Trek, uh,
1: I I really kind of attribute the sci-fi aesthetic in this movie to something between Star Trek and Aliens because mm. I really like the way they made it feel like a lived-in sci-fi world. Um, and it's not... I, I, I don't know how to describe it. It just feels like a live-action movie, <laughs> uh, it, which doesn't make sense to describe it that way. But it just felt very real. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much detail. Like, every button feels like you could push it. Every lever feels like you could pull it. Yeah. Every... Um, piece of metal looks like you could like knock on it and you would know what it sounds like Mm. and i don't know it's just not something you see in animated movies often um Mm -hmm. i don't think we've seen a sci-fi epic on this scale animated to this level before like i'm trying to think of what other animated sci-fi epics there are there's like titan ae that's from the 90s yeah um but yeah it just that I loved about it. Like, this movie just works as its own, like, sci-fi movie.
0: Like, it's not just a Toy Story spinoff. No, it is a no,
1: no. full-blown science fiction, like, space opera.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because now that I think about it, I'm like, wow, this, this world is so uh, unique. And it's it's mysterious and it's eerie. And they captured all, all it, you know, it's just so cinematic, right? It captures mm-hmm. all of these... Um, these moods that are that typically, like you said, or you'd see in like aliens or something like that. Um, and can I just say, like, the just this world of Lightyear on this on this deserted planet. Um, I'm just fascinated by this world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I am totally drawn in. Uh, there, it's it's a fun movie. There's so much to it. Yeah, I, I remember I said this about uh, about on our Pixar shorts about La Luna. Like, I wanted to live in the world, and. Yeah, it's a deserted planet, but for some reason, I'm just like hooked to this world. Like I just am fascinated. It's so unique and it's, um, it's it's just awesome. So I I am really I'm really just impressed with the world, the the set design, um, and just the story itself. Yeah, yeah, and to kind of iterate a little bit
1: more articulately, um, about I think what it is about the this specific type of science fiction that I love, um. I I, I think about movies that are science fiction that use the premise to kind of remove limitations from the plot and characters. Like, perfect example is Transformers. Um, In in those movies, every character is kind of like their own deus ex machina. Uh, But a great science fiction, I think, balances heightened reality with grounded rules. And so this movie felt very grounded. Like, there's like... For example, a lot of, like, you see lo-fi technology in this. Like, there's a scene where a character literally uses a harpoon gun uh, to beat a robot. And it's like, that didn't need to be that, like, Mm, lo-fi. But by making it feel like that, you you are placed more into the movie. You feel more Mm. um, attached to it. Like, you slowly start to forget that it's science fiction, and it starts to feel just like real yeah right Um, and you don't get that with a lot of science fiction sometimes science fiction like i said it it removes those limitations and it just feels
0: uh like fantasy right but
1: this is this is true science fiction
0: yeah and 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 you know something that pixar does so well is you know they have they always have just this uh you know they have great characters, but they have a, they have a message that's like threaded through everything, and so and they they tend to they tend to bring characters like to their rock them to the core, yeah. Where they really have to like learn a lesson or something, which I'm sure we'll get into more. But I love how like. You know Buzz's ragtag crew, like they clearly are they're inexperienced, you know, mm-hmm. and you know thinking of that harpoon scene, this guy has no idea what he's doing, yeah, and so it just makes it again more real with these these characters- it's not this expert space team, you know,
1: yeah, so if we can get into some of the dislikes, some of the things that I wasn't crazy about in this movie, and like to be clear, uh I don't have like a lot of like really drawn out like Rants or anything like that. Um, just a few observations. Like one of the things was the movie started out feeling kind of slow, um, but for me, I think that was because of the marketing more than anything else. Because uh, in the marketing, you see uh, Mo and Izzy and Darby all throughout, and in this movie, you don't encounter them till much later in the movie. So you're you're thirty minutes into the movie, and you're like, "Where's Zerg? and so there's just, it, it felt to me like it was stretching out the first 10 minutes. But mm. honestly, it was all essential. It, it Like looking back, everything was paced really well. So I don't think it was so much a complaint as it was just a observation, a kind of like a, hmm, this was, this was a weird way to start the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I get that for sure.
1: One of the things you had said earlier, you had mentioned, like, how much you were intrigued by the world where this movie takes place and, Mm. like, the the, the planet and stuff. And I got to say, I'm a little disappointed that there were no aliens in this film, like, proper aliens. Oh, true. Um, Because there's no doors, no doors left open for Buzz Lightyear of Star Command to even remotely Fit into this lore um i would have liked to see some aliens and maybe just a nod to the idea that the cartoon could have conceivably spun off from this movie because if you recall when buzz Lightyear your star command came out the movie yeah. the first movie um that came out before the tv show um that movie started with a sequence that was animated by pixar and it showed all the characters from Toy Story gathering around the TV because I think it was Rex or somebody got their hands on the VHS oh. for this movie. And they're all watching it together and they're like so excited yeah. that there's a cartoon spinoff of Buzz Lightyear. Right. And so that can't be canon if there's no... Way for that show to have yeah. spun off from this movie, right? And this movie doesn't acknowledge aliens at all. And I, I don't know if you ever watched the show, but the no, show no. is very heavy on aliens. Like Buzz is one of the only humans in the show. Interesting. Yeah. So, huh. Yeah, it just that that boy, I felt like was a missed opportunity. Um, some of the scenes in this, also, I will say, were really escape roomy there's a lot of scenes that clearly were written to illustrate like an area that a character needed to grow in. Uh, so the movie sometimes was very on the nose, but it ultimately serves the story and it's executed with intelligent audiences in mind, which is something Pixar is genuinely good at. So I, I think it worked. Um, but yeah. yeah. And the final criticism I'm going to say, um, and then and then we can put this to bed. Sure. Yeah. uh there were a uh, few times in the movie where i felt like chris's line delivery went into a very like robotic or maybe plastic uh, uh place sure. uh you could tell he was trying to emanate tim allen's buzz but those specific moments felt weird to me. Uh, my interpretation of Tim Allen's Buzz is that he is callous and robotic because he's a toy, because he's plastic, um, not because he's a space ranger. And in this movie, Buzz's character sways between charming and endearing hero and then humorously aloof piece of wood. Um, and he kind of, different scenes, plays both sides of that. Um, which reminded me a lot of Drax, like when he was when he was playing more into like the aloof. He he reminded me of Drax the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, um, but then there are moments then where he goes back to being Star Lord, you know. So yeah, like I I just felt like there was some inconsistency there. Okay,
0: yeah, I I, uh, I I can kind of see what you mean. I I was kind of impressed that the way that in my mind it was kind of like he was able to to have some of those character traits that were reminiscent of the toy while also still being different from it. So I guess for me, I didn't have too many issues with it, but I I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, Getting back to, uh, so I love socks, but I think, I think one of my complaints with socks was also this idea of like a character having like two different traits or two different personalities. Yeah. I felt like there were times where socks was genuinely a robot with, like, occasionally funny things that still fit into, like, I believe this is a robot. But other times we're straight up, like, it's like, okay, this is no longer a robot. This is, like, an AI, like, uh, on the verge of, like, almost, like, humanistic. Like, it was, like, so ridiculous that I was like, whoa, wait, I thought it was a robot. Because, like, I I compared socks to, like, Doug from Up. Okay. Yes. So, like you know, these a lot of fun, funny one-liners, but you still believe that Doug is like a dog and like limited intelligence. Yes. But like Socks would say things and I'm just like that's doesn't seem like a robot. So that was some some criticism there. But. I I totally
1: get what you're saying because there I can spot those moments where there's moments where he he's more like a Siri or an Alexa. <laughs> Where yeah. <laughs> it just he, it just feels like he's programmed to say something in response to what you say. But then there's other times where he's having emotional reactions. Like I won't spoil the moment, but there is a moment where his his quote unquote life is saved and he thanks the person who saves him. He's like, oh, thank you. And it's yeah. like, uh, are, I don't think if you were like as robotic as you were at the beginning of the movie, you would care that much about being saved. You yeah, know? exactly. But it is it is a family movie, so like I feel like you can get away with that because kids are gonna attach themselves to him, and yeah, um, and so they want to be able to see kids want to be able to see him, like you know, be great grateful for and like show some emotion and
0: stuff. Yeah, so I, I get they're going with some liberties there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then also speaking of the uh, talking about the planet and and um, and species. Uh, so there were these plant vines that were constantly just grabbing people and dragging them away. Yeah. And maybe not the much of a complaint, but, like, I just felt like it was a missed opportunity. To, it never really explains, like, where were these plants from? Where was their source that they were, like, you just, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know.
1: My, my interpretation was that it was the planet itself. It's like you're on, like... An a-, a hostile alien planet. Like, the planet itself is the alien. Like, think about, like, Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he is a sentient planet, and yeah. so everything on him is trying to, like, kill the Guardians. So, like, in this case, it's, it's like, that idea. I, I don't know. That was my yeah. interpretation.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it, yeah, there is, like, that... I don't know if it's... It's not really a Western vibe, but there's clearly this, like, desert like dangerous stuff. Yeah. Um, but to your comment about alien life, I mean, they really build up this, this, the, the, futuristic side of robots is like, you know, robot technology is everywhere. Um, and, uh, I, I actually thought it was interesting that, um, you know, you mentioned Derek earlier that, uh, there were a number of robots that definitely were reminiscent of Wally, as far as like the character design. Which, oh yeah. Which I thought was neat. Yeah. Um, and, uh, also the 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 laser beams that were in the robot's eyes. Yeah, reminded me a lot of um, of Incredibles.
1: Oh, yeah. I see. you're right. I was trying to think what they reminded, like the robots totally reminded me of something. I'm like, these are reminiscent of something. I know what. And then yeah, you're right, it's Incredibles that yeah. I've seen that
0: what? kind of aesthetic before. Totally, yeah. in Incredibles syndrome. Uh, he built those robots. Yeah, the vision, laser yeah. beam. Yeah, yeah, similar to those.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, and talking about Wall-E, I definitely got Wall-E aesthetic vibes from like the ship, the turnip. Mm. Reminded me a little bit, like not in shape, but in kind of how it was, like like the technology it was designed with reminded me a lot of the Axiom.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, totally, man. Um, and so quickly wrapping up here with getting at, kind of getting back to critique um, I feel like wall actually a really good comparison because both movies very much um, as you said earlier um, are uh, really just the world is very interesting Mm-hmm. Uh, between both movies um they're both very visceral films like the animation is like so realistic yeah. um you don't almost forget you're watching an animated movie they're both cinematic super cinematic but i feel like with Wally, i really felt like i was um i lived in the world en- enough yeah um you know yeah the film may maybe a little, little bit longer but um just you know durations aside i really felt like when Wally ended i felt like man i i I love the world of Wally, but I, I live there enough for the story. but with Lightyear, one of my criticisms is i I felt like I felt like I wanted to be there a little bit longer. Mm. like I feel like there was a little bit more to explore in the story um you know I, I don't know what what that would have been, but I, I do feel like the they were going for a quick, fun, fast pacing vibe which 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 I got and it was fun, but I felt like there were times where I felt like no, I think we need to spend a little more time here before we jump to the next Yeah, the next thing. So, um, yeah, there's a critique there.
1: Yeah, if there ever was a Pixar movie that felt like it could potentially use a sequel, I mean, maybe this one. I don't know. Maybe. Totally. So, uh,
0: maybe that'll be our. Uh, Pixar.
1: <laughs> for <There's> this episode, <laughs> Light year too,
0: yeah. And there's some things that happen at the end of the movie that suggest that. Yeah, so, maybe we'll maybe we'll get more into that in uh, spoilers. Yes, I'm glad you said that because I have a couple other criticisms that I'll save I'll save for the spoiler section. But uh, in the meantime, you hear that? I, I do hear that. It sounds like the pizza planet truck.
1: Yeah, it does sound like the pizza planet, planet truck. Uh, so uh, it's on the move. Did did you catch it? I certainly did not catch you. You you certainly did not. Um, I don't think so. I was looking for it the entire movie, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, I was like, I'm not going to miss it this time. Uh, I missed it. In fact, I didn't even look it up. Is is it confirmed to be in? I'm I'm sure it's in there. It's got to be.
0: Yeah, it's got to be. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah, that was not uh, privy to me. Neither was the...
0: um, Luxo ball, I didn't see that anywhere. Did not see Luxo ball. Um, A113, definitely. I was surprised I didn't see it because of all of the robot. Like, yeah, there's text numbers and stuff. everywhere. I'm sure it was it was there somewhere. Yeah, I'll have to. Um, I'll have to rewatch it.
1: We're bad Pixar fans.
0: I know. It's, no, was, they, there, <laughs> was there a John Ratzenberger cameo? Oh man, John Ratzenberger. I didn't hear one. Oh, I didn't. You know, I I will say that Pixar is getting they they get more mysterious with it. I I really feel like they do a, they purposely make them so they're hard to find. Well, it's so. confirmed
1: that he's not in. Oh, he's turning on. red oh. or Luca.
0: Interesting. Okay, maybe he's just like, all right, guys, I need a little break.
1: <laughs> maybe. Um. Yeah, but there were there
0: were Easter eggs that I did catch. Okay. Uh, did you did you catch anything? Uh, Easter eggs. Um, Well, uh, I remember um, in the theater, you mentioned something about on a shelf at the end of the film, there were some Easter eggs. Yeah, I asked if you caught any Easter eggs, not me. (laughs) Well, yeah, but (laughs) I'm saying that I know that what they are, but it's because you told me in the theater. So, so you didn't catch any Easter eggs (laughs) is what I'm hearing. (laughs) I did. Okay. I did catch one Easter egg uh, before I let you share yours. Um, In in the credits, there was (laughs) so at the end of the film, there was a at the very end of the credits, there was a presto credits. There, on, on the, in like the, one of the last, there's like Render Man, you know, which is their animation software, like Dolby Digital. And then there was like a logo for Presto, which as we know is a Pixar short. Yeah, so, but
1: that makes me wonder, is there actually something, like, like a software or something that Pixar developed that they named after that short?
0: Yeah, so maybe it's not an Easter egg, but I swear I've never seen that before in a credits. Yeah, I, so. I have not
1: seen that before either. Yeah, no, Um. so I caught in the mid-credits scene uh, when, when Burnside is at his desk and he goes, laser shield. <laughs> um, you see to his left, there's, uh, like a bookshelf and you see the little statuettes on the bookshelf. One of them is Bernie. Um, and that's cool. Cause Angus McLean directed Bernie. Oh, the short. Nice. Yeah. And, and again, like this is perfect, like pairing of director to project because Angus McLean directed Bernie, which was a short film that takes place in space uh-huh. and then and it's also sci-fi and has robots and spaceships and stuff and then he also directed small fry which is a toy story short that focuses on the character of buzz oh interesting. and then he also directed toy story of terror which is hands down i think the best toy story spin-off. oh yeah so all those thi- all those credits uh are are perfect for having him been the director of this but anyways I digress. The other thing I saw on his shelf was one of the little aliens from pizza planet. Hey, there you go. There's your alien reference. Yep. Yeah. And so then, uh, my, my takeaway from this is I have something to say regarding the Pixar theory. So we know that this movie exists in the Pixar universe, right? Andy saw this movie. Yes, Andy saw it. And according to the Pixar theory, uh, Andy coexists in a world where not only Pizza Planet is a company, because he, he actually went there. We saw him go to Pizza Planet. But mm-hmm. we also know that, by and large, from wall oh, yeah, yep. is a company. Yeah. So if, if we're trying to figure out how this movie confirms or denies the Pixar theory, I hypothesize that Pizza Planet and, by and large, both paid for product placement in this movie. And oh. the, the little <laughs> the little alien is the Pizza Planet product placement, okay. and then Bernie is a By and Large robot. Like he, he oh, works yeah. on a By and Large by ship, and large so, ships, so he's got to yeah. be a By and Large product.
0: So he could have been the By and Large product placement. Interesting. Wow, that's pretty meta. Yeah, this movie's already meta, and <laughs> and now we're now we're super meta. Yeah, love it. So, anyways, now it is time to get that into. That was the best segue ever, because you just talked about the alien. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep.
1: So, uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Oh, go ahead, man. Okay. Well, so, I actually love the message of this film. This is my takeaway. Uh, At the beginning, uh, they were laying on Buzz's, like, Lone Ranger complex pretty thick. Um, And it was so thick that I thought the film had already spelled out its message, But there are much deeper themes at play, uh, like being at peace with past mistakes, Mm -hmm. the value of changing your course, and the importance of family. And the movie handles these themes in a really satisfying way. I think this movie was everything that it was sold as. Uh, If you were expecting a movie that feels like a traditional Pixar movie, like say maybe like a Toy Story movie, I think you will find yourself disappointed. Crazily enough, though, once I get this movie on Blu-ray, I almost feel like it belongs on a shelf next to movies like Tron and Oblivion instead of Toy Story and The Incredibles. Um, More than any other Pixar movie, I think this movie tackles a genre in a way that didn't need to be animated. Hmm. This easily could have been a live-action film. That being said, I really liked it for its story and its characters, but most of all the visuals and the tone. It was so richly and
0: purely sci-fi. It was just my jam. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. I, I after the movie was over, I uh, so we were there with our wives and my brother and his friend, and I I really wanted to talk about it movie with you, not just because it's a Pixar film, you know, that we just watched together, but I remember thinking like Gareth love this movie like i knew that you would um because i feel like you have a you have a a a knack for original ideas um movies that are really fun that like they just work you know they work they they're they're clear they're concise um and uh i feel like this is a movie that quickly could be um underrated yeah um, I feel like you have an appreciation for underrated movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I think Onward is an underrated movie that you love. I think Treasure Planet is an underrated movie that you love. I could go on and on, but yeah. I feel like this will be like that for you with Lightyear. Um, I think people will genuinely like it because it's Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. But I think um, as far as, like, appreciating the story, the, the movie for its story, overall, I think that will probably be underrated. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, critics are already... Um, are, are they're not putting it in, in the top of the catalog? Um, so I'll be interested to see where you put it, but that'll be later. So as far as uh, my takeaway goes. Um yeah, I uh as you know with with takeaways and films I really have to I really have to to mull it over a lot before I really am like okay, I I get it. So that'll take me some time, but I think for me as you said, you know, these these messages of learning to forgive yourself for past mistakes, yeah, is huge. Um it takes buzz, you know, the whole movie to learn that um that it's okay to make a mistake and to move on. Um Izzy actually has a moment in the film where um you know, where I think Mo makes a mistake and she quickly is, is to say like, Hey, it's okay. You know, like we all make mistakes. And so she is like the, the counter um, part to, to buzz. Um, and, and then you've got, you've got, uh, Mo who's constantly making mistakes. So it's just hammering. Like he's yeah. the opposite to buzz. Yeah. Um, and buzz is just like, you are not quite qualified, you know? And, um, and so pe- those characters are constantly challenging him. Uh, Derby is a felon. Yeah, for, makes mistakes. So many mistakes that she's a, literally a felon, and so she is like begging. Her character's begging for redemption and second chances. It's like brilliant, Pixar, brilliant. Well done. Um, and uh, but then, but then the other the other message, which I think is actually really the message, is as you said that it's okay to to need others. Mm-hmm. You know, and Buzz's character is is so. Um, you know, self-sufficient and the very, the very beginning of the film um, when, when, when we see the, uh, his, his ship getting marooned, you know, there is a young character who's like, Hey, I want to help. He's literally like Mo. He's like, I want to help. I want to help. And he's like, no, I got this. You're not qualified. (laughs) So, and then, you know, he makes a mistake. And so you learn quickly, like maybe Buzz should have asked for help, you know? Yeah. Um, And Buzz learns, you know, at the end, there's a couple, there's, 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 there's so many lines that, during the movie i'm just like oh um there is uh, so here's one example uh when the characters are in this little outpost and um they end up getting uh, mo makes a mistake and they all get like these like cones that come over them and they're like little like jails like the, but they like move with them and the characters bump into each other and whenever that happens they end up getting into the same cone like combines their cones. And so all the characters about buzz get like in, you know, they get separated into this one cone and, uh, and they quickly realize in order to get out of the situation, the, uh, the other, the the rest of the team is like, buzz, you need to join us. Like you need to get into our cone. And he's like, no, <laughs> like then if we do that, like we're screwed. We're like, you know, we, I need to be over here. And there, and then, uh, there's a line that happens where she says, buzz, you don't need to save us. You need to join us. Hmm. Just yeah. like dang, um, so that that line right there is just like Buzz needs to stop trying to be the savior. He needs to join, be a part of a team. So another uh, example of this is um, towards the end of the film um, when uh, Izzy is trying to cross um, the ships, and uh, she um, you know she's afraid of space, and so she eventually crosses. And then there's this beautiful moment where um, I don't remember exactly what the line was, but Buzz essentially says like that you know I don't I don't need such and such like I need you. And Buzz, you know, confesses like I I need you to Izzy and, and and that he needs the team and so he comes full full circle there. So, yeah, there there's some some beautiful messages in the film. <laughs> two peps. We got two peps ready to go.
1: Well, that means it's time
0: for ratings and rankings. How many slices did you give it? Uh I want you to go first. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Okay, so How many slices is the question? So, um, like I said, I really enjoyed this film. Um, I love the messages. I love the originality of the story. I love the world. It was so fun. But there was one of the critiques that I have with some, some recent Pixar films is that, like, they were a little bit. They were fun. They were a little bit lighter, which I loved. I loved the just. what's well, just a new, fresh movie. But sometimes it left. I feel like that there was some depth that they that they didn't go hmm. to. That's just some of the critique that I've had recently. But I feel like this film, it did it did go there. Uh, while at the same time, I do wish they would have maybe like, you know, I don't know, had, had a little more screen time, had it gone gone a little deeper. There was depth there to chew on, which is why I. I left the film like very satisfied with the movie. Um, full belly, full, full belly. Yeah, I, I like I said. I still think that like the, there could have been a little bit, a uh, little bit more depth there. But I have hardly any complaints. It achieved what it was meant to do. The characters come full circle. Great messages. So I gave the film a seven point five slices. And then for rankings, I put this at number fourteen. Out of twenty-six, so it's number fourteen. So it's right in my uh, middle of the middle of my catalog, but um, which is saying a lot because my top ten are like unmovable in a way, and so it's it's getting you know pretty closer. So overall, very satisfied. That's awesome. So, yeah, my
1: uh, rating that I gave this movie was also 7.5. Hey, nice. Uh, I feel like that is an accurate number be- just because it's it's good. It's definitely not, like, top Pixar tier good. Um, but I gave this movie uh, 7.5 slices out of 10, and I put it at number Fifteen out Ooh. of twenty-six, and I—I I feel like I have a—a uh, a grasp of why mine might be one slot lower than yours. Okay, I won't spoil why because we haven't revealed our lists completely yet. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. I think there's a movie that is definitely below this for you and above this for me. Yeah. So we probably we probably are pretty much on the same same level with this one.
0: Yeah. And I, I it's honestly really fun to be able to do this. Also, I recommend all you listeners out there, please make Pixar lists. It is like a super satisfying thing to do. Yeah. And really fun. But um as we're watching these movies, you know movies are coming up and movies are moving around and as we saw with a good dinosaur did not see either of us liking that the way that we did and yeah. it moving up just a couple slots so um
1: yeah so make your make your top 26 pixar list your uh, ranked list, and uh send it to us on instagram at pizza planet podcast
0: yes please do 2319. We've got a 2319.
1: We've got a spoiler leak. We've got a spoiler leak. Spoiler. 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 So, we wanted to tag the end of the episode with our unabridged discussion where we get to talk about spoilers. So, if you have not seen the movie yet, cut. The feed now. Come back and listen to the rest of the episode after you have seen the movie. If you have seen the movie, welcome. We are talking spoilers. Um, so first thing uh, I wanted to talk to you about Ben mm-hmm. um, is my Pixar Feels moment. I feel like there weren't a lot of really emotional scenes in this movie, but there was one scene that came close to being my Pixar Feels moment. Moment and that is when Buzz comes back from one of his test flights and he finds out that Alicia Hawthorne, his best friend, has died. Yeah, and he has just spent her entire life like flying. Basically, he just every day he gets up, he gets in his spaceship he flies up into space comes back and 4 years of her life have passed. Yeah. And it's just such a like tragic idea and the way it's executed it's not like cry-worthy at least not for me like I didn't cry or anything but it definitely was executed in a way that called to mind the way Pete Doctor tackled the first 10 minutes of up. Yeah. Where it's oh, yeah. a lot of a, a, a montage of a lot of visuals and you see her life you know, and all of her li- big life events, and and it's it's like for him, he's just experiencing a couple days, and for her, it's it's like yeah, yeah. One day she's just very old, and she's got a grandkid, yep. and it's oh my gosh, yeah, it's like powerful scenes. Yeah. The way the way that
0: was done, uh, was was my Pixar feels. So that was also my Pixar feels moment, um, and specifically it is when um the hologram uh uh comes out and it's um it's alicia you know telling buzz like hey like the next time that you come back here like i'm not going to be here any longer oh, and yeah. then her little grandbaby crawls up on and and uh um she's like who are you talking to and he's and she's like i'm talking to buzz like you're the space ranger and she's like i want to be a space ranger someday and she's like oh like buzz and she goes no like you and it's so sweet and uh and then the the Pixar feels moment is when she reaches out her hand and she points her finger towards Buzz and she says to infinity and then he reaches out and says and beyond. Oh, so and that I, was my Pixar moment.
1: Okay, so not to like backtrack too much, but that just reminded me of something I totally skipped over um, from from earlier in our discussion. I was going to bring up the to infinity and beyond thing. Mm-hmm. So one thing that uh, I. I won't say it was a dislike, but I just this was an interesting observation. So they in the original Toy Story movies, Buzz has this catchphrase, to infinity and beyond. Right. And I feel like the way he uses it felt like, oh, this is obviously a reference to something. Oh, like yeah. like we don't have any context for what to infinity and beyond means in the Toy Story movies. It's just Buzz's catchphrase. Right. So it it's natural to assume that you're gonna get context of why he says it the way that he says it yeah. in this movie. But you don't. In fact, the way that Buzz says it, like the way Tim Allen says it, it's like a superhero battle cry. And then in this movie, it's more of like a, a secret handshake. Yeah, right. And those are like two different ways of saying it. Like how how did this... Secret handshake in this movie then becomes something that the toy version of Buzz
0: uses as a like a battle cry. Yeah. Well, it honestly, it makes a lot of sense if you think about toy marketing for movies oh like they're just it's a cash grab kind of thing so i could totally see it like theoretically happening in the toy story world where they make a toy and they're like oh yeah he says to infinity and beyond i like that let's put that in the toy you know like yeah
1: (laughs) i guess i was just a little bit bugged because it is reverse engineered yeah and and they're they're clearly trying to like pull at your heartstrings in that moment you're talking about they're they're pulling at your heartstrings yeah and then they say to infinity and beyond and it's like oh that oh that's so good but but then you think about the context of where to, to infinity and beyond began, and it's it suddenly starts to make less
0: sense. yeah, yeah, no, it, it is interesting. I, I I love that they that they turned that line into something that's a little bit more um, personal, yeah, and uh, everything. so yeah.
1: well, um, another scene I wanted to talk about. now, you already kind of talked about this scene. But uh, I was going to say that for spoilers. Um, oh, but yeah, the the scene where Izzy is crossing space um, was so terrifying for me because I'm already like terrified of the abyss. Anytime a movie uses like the ocean or deep space as like a element of of intrigue or like you you, you use that as the subject of like a thriller or a horror movie. I'm all about that because it's just it's so scary and visceral. And in this movie, they establish early on that Izzy has astrophobia mm-hmm. at fear of space. And so uh, the entire movie, you kind of have that in the back of your mind that, well, she probably is going to have to like do something in space at some point in this movie. But I was not imagining it being like that scary because uh-huh. like when 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 you feel her fear, the character empathy that you have with her is, is so like strong right. that that scene, it was intense for me. It was a nail biter. No, so basically yeah. to describe to the audience, what the, the scene I'm talking about is when she has to free float through space and like aim her body at a, at a door to try and, make sure that she hits the right spot because once you're in space you're moving in one direction you don't change directions you can't course correct and so that is just like if she misses then she's floating through space forever yeah um and then that's also the scene where
0: where socks starts to float off and then she grabs him and he's like
1: thank you for saving my life and it's like you're a robot
0: (laughs) yeah sarah loves socks my wife and she literally she when when she almost loses socks, she was freaking out. And oh, so when no. she grabbed socks, she, she grabbed my arm. She's like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "More concerned for socks than Izzy."
1: Yeah, I think I think socks was my wife's favorite part of the movie too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I also wanted to talk about uh, the the Zerg, the the Zerg plot twist, the big elephant in the room. Oh, so, Zig, yeah. Zig. <sighs> I I just want to talk about. I'm I'm a little conflicted about the idea that Buzz is
0: Zerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> imagine that in the writers' room, just like guys, what if what if Buzz is Zerg? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I think it I think it works
1: for the purposes of this movie. Yeah. But the reason I call it into question is specifically because of the Toy Story movies. If it weren't for the Toy Story movies, I think that plot twist was brilliant. But here's the thing in Toy Story. They refer to him as the evil Emperor Zerg, which we never hear that. I don't think we ever hear that phrase in -hmm. in this movie. In fact, in this movie, Zerg is, like, not known by any of the human characters. They just know these robots who are his minions, and we find out later, much later, that they're servants of Buzz, but they can't pronounce the word Buzz, so they say Zerg, and so they the humans refer to the spaceship that they come from as the Zerg ship. So, but they know nothing about the character Zerg. So it's just confusing how, how would the marketing for this movie in the Toy Story universe gone from, okay, there's this old Buzz, but his minions call him Zerg. And then the character then becomes the evil Emperor Zerg and even Buzz, the, 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 the the toy doesn't know that Zerg is him. So we obviously see a whole sequence in Toy Story where Buzz fights Zerg. And Zerg is not big enough to be piloted by a Buzz inside him. But yet we know from this movie that that's, that is the case. There's a Buzz inside Zerg. Yeah. And if Andy saw this movie, which we know he did because the movie – this movie states at the beginning yeah. that this is Andy's favorite movie. So if Andy saw this movie, that means that he knows that Zerg is old Buzz. So why wouldn't Buzz, the Tim Allen, the toy Buzz, no. also know that? And don't even get me started on how much this plot twist retcons Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Like we already talked about that, but yeah. like this plot twist, especially retcons everything we know about Zerg.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah,
1: the other thing I was gonna say about Zerg, uh, did he remind you at all of Charles Munts from Up? Oh yes. I I oh actually gosh. thought for a minute that it was Christopher Plummer voicing him. Oh, yeah. and then I, I I saw in the credits that it was James Brolin, and I was like, oh okay, that makes sense. But yeah, that was instantly when he when he comes out of the suit, um, like everything from his character design to his voice to the the the, the way he's used in the story is like oh he's this old man ally now yeah. like first we think he's a villain then we think he's an ally and it's like oh it's just a big misunderstanding and then we realize we're on two different uh we, we have two different agendas or two different motives and mm-hmm. that they don't mesh so now we have to be enemies and it's the exact same thing that happens in up with charles Muntz
0: oh yeah that's a good point wow i never made that connection until just now that's that's awesome but, yeah, that was that was all I had to say about Buzz or about uh, Zerg. About Zerg, yeah. So, yeah, I also have some issues with Zerg. Um, so I'm, I'm going to refer uh, to Zerg as Evil Buzz because it makes more sense when I say it that <laughs> way. But uh, uh, quickly, once Buzz encounters, you know, Evil Buzz, Zerg, th- you know, keep in mind, you know, Zerg is, you know, responsible for, you know, all this terrorizing, all, all of its minions have literally been trying to kill Buzz and his crew. And Buzz doesn't really question it very much. <laughs> He's just like, oh, you're me. Okay, yeah, we can work together. Like, I feel like there's not much pushback from Buzz to being like, what, like, why are you doing this? And like, like, you literally threatened me and my crew. And like, there's, did he though? Well, the, his minions did.
1: I, I, I think that if you rewatch the movie, I think that's the whole plot twist is there's never a point where the, the robots were ever putting people in peril because the, the, the robots never made it past the, the laser shield. Okay. Um, and so we don't actually know why they were trying to get in. People just assumed they were attacking, but they're just literally standing outside the shield trying to get in. Oh. Um, we don't know why. And then the times that they interacted with with Buzz and Izzy and, and their crew... Um, they literally every time just went for buzz, mm-hmm. didn't try and harm him, just tried to abduct him,
0: oh the so we yeah.
1: we misinterpret I think that's the whole point of 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 everything up to that point in the movie is we are interpreting their actions, assuming they mean harm, not realizing that there's a possibility that they don't.
0: oh, that's a good point, yeah, you're right cause because their end action was just abduction, yes, which um... we never actually see in the movie uh
1: them hurt anybody,
0: yeah. There are some like some like high speed chases that were a little dangerous, but yeah, I guess yeah in the end they were reduction. so yeah that, that that is a good point um I do think though that uh for me my, another issue that I have with Zerg and this is kind of like my main point of tension is that I don't fully buy evil buzz yeah um, I needed more proof for me to believe it so like I I, under, I understand his logic. Of of what he explains for himself, he says, you know, yeah, like I want to, you know, fix my mistake, and I've spent, you know, my whole life, you know, regretting this mistake. Um, and we have a couple quick scenes of like what actually happened from Evil Buzz, like when he gets there and the the guards are all like trying to take him away for stealing the ship, and then he he, he blasts off, he gets out of there, and then he finds this like this like some sort of future ship technology that he starts using. That's all we see, so like we don't really see like his journey of becoming like truly set upon like um like he basically had he has good intentions but they're evil it's almost like in uh like uh in uh in avengers um thanos right he's got like these like theoretically good intentions but he's clearly evil right so I, I just don't... I, I, I need more proof to see. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to see time with him, like, you know, being alone and constantly just, like, dreading his decision. Like, I need to see that to really believe, like, he, evil Buzz. Yeah.
1: So, uh, one other thing I was gonna mention uh, while we're talking spoilers. Uh, if you have seen the movie, I'd encourage you to watch Beyond Infinity on Disney+. Plus mm-hmm. um, There was one little tidbit. There, there's a lot of cool stuff they talk about in that um, in that. I don't know what to call it, behind-the-scenes thing. Yeah. Um, and including some footage I'd not seen before, I they actually show some of the early test footage of Toy Story that I'd never seen before, back when uh, oh. Woody was, like, a ventriloquist dummy. Oh. It, and it, it looks so scary. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, because it's, like, fully animated and stuff. But wow, it's nice. uh, very... And they have different voices, too, so it's very weird. But anyways, in that uh, documentary or that uh, behind-the-scenes short, it uh, has a lot of interviews with the, the filmmakers at Pixar, and they share a lot of really interesting insights about how they developed the story. But one thing I was going to share, uh, Angus McLean talks about how working at Pixar kind of is what inspired the story of Lightyear. Um, he said that when you're working on an animated movie, time moves Quicker. So he feels like he's experienced a series of time lapses in his career where he has seen people and relationships just come and go from his life. So it's actually working in the animation industry that inspired this story about Buzz in a situation where time is moving differently for him than mm-hmm. for everyone else. Like everything else around him, all of his relationships are moving much faster. Um, while he's kind of stuck moving in slow motion kind of oh and see, that's see. and that's what specifically inspired the plot of this movie so i thought that was like fascinating because they go into a little bit more detail about like the pandemic and and the role that that played in this story too but there's a lot of really interesting stuff in beyond
0: infinity on disney plus dude well, check it out y'all that's really cool uh i wanted to send you because we've talked about this before about you know the pixar in a box um course it's a yeah. free course where yeah, you can learn about animation i just watched a little clip of that on youtube because um, they uploaded some of those uh, courses on youtube um just as separate clips and um one of them it was with pete doctor and he was talking about story writing at pixar and it, he did a quick little segment on monsters inc and uh when i talked about on, my, on our monsters inc episode about um the inspiration um that uh uh, that Pete took from his own life, um, that inspired the story of monsters Inc of Sully's relationship with boo was based on, you know, Pete's relationship with his, um, his child on the way. Um, he actually talks about that, um, from there. I think that's actually where I got that story was from, from this course. Yeah. But, uh, but again, yeah, it's, it's, uh, really cool when you hear, when you hear that true inspiration, you know, from a director and how it, how it, um, affects the movie is really cool. Yeah. Um, I also got to say too, now that we're in our spoiler section. So Gareth right now is wearing a shirt that says "Bob deserved better" in the Stranger Things uh, font, and I got to say that I think I want to get a shirt that says "Future Socks deserved better." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he had like his his
1: eye smashed out, or like part of his uh, part of the headpiece of of him like was was destroyed, so he looked kind of like abused. Which, I, I think that that was more so conveying, like, hey, this is a different Sox than the one you know. This one's much older. I think that's what I was trying to convey. But it also made me a little bit sad because
0: I was like, like
1: what happened to him that he has part well, of his
0: head missing Did you see that, like, Zerg straight up kills Future socks in the movie? He literally steps on them. Yeah. Oh. That,
1: okay. So, see, <laughs> now that, that way more effectively uh conveys i think your uh your point about him his his evilness because i had not considered him killing anyone in the entire movie and yeah he it, if he kills future socks that definitely counts as like oh no he's lost it he's unhinged
0: oh yeah and 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 you even mentioned that yourself that like there was a turning point and yeah. after that turning point yeah, yeah he he not only kills socks but he's actually hunting Buzz and the rest of their crew. Yeah. So, yeah, so. he does He does snap. I admit that. Yeah. But I thought, I guess I
1: thought he was, his his actions were more believable because he's like, okay, I have this obstacle in my way. Oh, I see. And I know. need to take that obstacle out of the way so I can <laughs> achieve what I've been trying to spend my entire life doing. Like, right. I can totally buy that an old guy who's been, like, working his entire life to fix a mistake that he made. Yeah would become obsessed to the point of yes, if it means uh like there are obstacles in my way, like people actively trying to stop me from from fixing my mistake, then I'm gonna have to do something about that. Like I can buy that. But he didn't need to kill future socks. No. That I was don't. just him like punishing him for helping Buzz. Yeah. So like that to me is one hundred percent more sinister than him like chasing or like hunting Buzz. Oh, sure,
0: yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he's through and through evil. Um, but, uh, I think there's even a moment where we literally see his eyes, like, like he, his character, he goes from kind of this like happy old man to like, you see him change. And I think that like, whenever that happens in movies or in stories, usually it's kind of like the villain reveal, you know? Yeah. It was a, it was a cliche villain reveal. Like when he killed future socks, i i was not surprised i was like yeah like he he's he's evil now so that that's how i interpreted that like animation like shift yeah. of his face i was like oh yeah i know what's gonna happen but yeah. uh, but no it it was it was shocking for sure and uh, sarah was not happy she was like i wanted i wanted the, the both socks yeah. to be together like <laughs> yeah, I take to be both together. of them home and <laughs> yeah <laughs> care <laughs> for them repair old socks so yeah he, he, he would have been like a stray who's like a little mangy, you know, me yeah. like, some love. Like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> well, that was all my notes. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Um, oh, Buzz at the very end of the film gets to use his wings. I was like,
1: yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the entire movie, I was wondering, like, where are the wings going to come in? Because, because the, the toy is so clearly inspired, like, verbatim. By the Space Ranger suit that we see at the beginning, but there was no wings on it, and I was yeah. like, "Wait a second. why would they wh- why would they add wings to the toy if that wasn't in the movie? Yeah, and I was like, no, this is this can't be the case because wings are one of the most like pivotal parts of the suit in Toy Story. Like he thinks he can fly. like that's the whole." about his character and i'm like no like are they like retconning the wings but no it just is something that they add on at the very end (laughs) yeah and he had like the the
0: uh, rockets or whatever i was like yeah "Yeah, yeah." i was
1: i was well i was a little bit scared too because the first time we see the wings it's like a parachute pack that he puts on and the wings are very short and i was like no (laughs) no like he has an impressive wingspan like i'm pretty sure that that is like an actual line in Toy Story when Ham goes impressive wingspan. Like you don't put like little like yeah. tiny wings on Buzz Lightyear, but then uh, yeah, we see the real the real wings added to the suits at the
0: end, and we can finally put the debate to rest. Buzz can fly. Yes, yes, <laughs> he can fly. And did you notice the
1: the the Space Ranger suits that appear at the beginning of the movie? are a little bit more... Um, I don't know what to call them. They feel more grounded in, in sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of the way I, I was talking about earlier. Um, a little bit more grungy, I guess. Yeah. But then they come back at the end with the wings and there just looked like there was less seams on the suit. Like, mm-hmm. less seams between the metal parts so that it did look more accurate to the toy. Because oh. the toy doesn't really have as many seams on it um like you don't see like little stitches or whatever yeah whatever you call the the spaces between the different metal plating and oh, whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. um and so on on the 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 space ranger shoots we see at the end it's clearly trying to show like these are the suits that the toy was based on
0: oh yes that makes sense now actually yeah Totally. And then of course he, he, uh, he gets that final line. One of the final lines that is that, you know, the toy buzz says is not today Zerg.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Which I
0: love that. I was like, yes. (laughs) Well, and uh, we did, I'm surprised we didn't talk
1: about this when, when it first reveals Zerg like who he is or whatever he sees, he sees old buzz's face and buzz goes, Dad? Oh and it's, yeah, yeah. And it's a callback to Toy Story 2, which again <laughs> frustrates me because yeah. I'm like, okay, w- is this retconning everything we know about but uh, about Zurg from the Toy Story movies? Like, because again, he's the evil Emperor Zurg. We have the 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 obviously that was a derivative joke when they do the whole "I am your father" Star in Toy Wars, Story 2 because yeah. it's supposed to be you know a joke at Star Wars. But in this movie, they make a joke about that joke that right. also retcons the joke itself. Yeah. So it's like, what what is going on? Yeah. <laughs>
0: that was their way of getting it in a little bit. Like, yeah. Just so, yeah. But, but still now, yeah. It doesn't really so work. But. I
1: feel like this movie enriches the experience of watching Tim Allen Buzz Lightyear in the Toy Story movies, but it does not do the same for Zerg. I feel like going back and rewatching Toy Story 2 is going to feel weird. Yeah. Because I'm going to be like, so this is a toy based on old Buzz Lightyear, but yeah. it looks nothing like him because the uh, the uh, the Zerg in Toy Story Two is wearing kind of like a a cape and like a a cloak kind of gown thing, um, yeah. Which it, we know from the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command TV show is clearly supposed to be fabric, but in this he's like just a robot with giant arms and giant legs. And really the only design they retained from Toy Story 2 is the face. It looks like the same face. So I'm just, I'm, I'm so confused. Yeah. What they were doing with Zerg in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. That will be a little strange going back. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about that when we do Toy Story 2. So yeah. That'll be fun. Well, that's, I think, about everything. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening um, to this episode, this movie review on Lightyear. And uh, Yeah, in in
1: spirit of this movie, I think maybe for uh, our send-off, we should,
0: to infinity. Wait, wait, hold on, before we do that, because we have to end that way. We have to say, please go see Lightyear. Uh, It's so good. Um, Go to theaters, man. Go into a physical theater. Oh yeah, with others. This, this movie, movie is
1: in theaters. It's not streaming on Disney Plus. Go see it in the theaters before it ends up on Disney Plus. Because if you don't go see it, Disney's going to be like, oh, well, Pixar is no longer you know making money in theaters, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to toss all their future movies onto Disney Plus, or worse, they're gonna just take this one out of theaters and put it on Disney Plus in like a week yeah don't don't they let won't that, do that they, they won't do that though
0: don't let that happen the theater experience is so worth it uh, there's nothing better than hearing people's gasps and you know so, uh, laughs you know in theater is, is always such a, such a good experience and come on guys just wait a couple weeks or however long it is it'll be on Disney plus but go and support your local theaters too there's a lot of I know mom and pop theaters around here and it's just cool to be able to support them so please
1: And and it's worth it,
0: because seeing this movie
1: on a big screen was beautiful. There are so many details in the animation, and like the scale of this movie, um, it is one of the most epic-looking Pixar movies to date.
0: Dude, it's so worth it. The sound design, I mean, I'm so glad we got to see it in theater. Yeah, absolutely. Well...
1: In the spirit of the movie we just saw, uh, I think for the sign off today, uh, to infinity and beyond.